Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Hi, this is David McNeely once again here with uh, Dan Rober. And uh, we are doing uh, this series, this, uh, this seasonal podcast, Church History That Helps. And uh, we've been looking at great things. Last episode, we reached the present day um, in our trek through church history, which is situating the PCA and Wildwood within the broader scope of church history. And it was great to hear from Bob Evans. I unfortunately couldn't be here, but man, just hearing his voice again. It's <laughs> good stuff. Do you enjoy the time with him? Oh, it's a great time. Great time. Yeah. Uh, we're not done, though. There are a couple more things that we need to talk about, Dan, when it comes to church history. So if you go head east from Wildwood, you drive down south on Thomasville Road, you're going to see a massive new building being constructed on the left side of the street. It is a temple for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, formerly known as the Mormon Church. And the construction of this temple just actually shows the influence here in our area. There are currently 80 temples in the entirety of the United States, but five of them are here in Florida. Now, if you interact with a member of the LDS, you're going to pretty quickly hear some common phrases with our traditions in Christianity. Um, In fact, they're going to refer to themselves as Christian. So in this episode, we want to consider the history uh, of the LDS church and then why we don't consider them to be Christian uh, in the process. So no big task here, Dan, just asking you to tackle all that uh, in one podcast. In 10 minutes or less. That's right. right. (laughs) First question, where did uh, Latter-day Saints Church come from? Yeah. So we got to go back to Joseph Smith, a guy that lived at the beginning of the 19th century. And uh, he grew up in Vermont, but actually moved with his family to uh, Palmyra, New York, upstate New York, which is actually close to my old stomping grounds nice. where I uh, grew up in. Uh, no, no, I'm not. But thanks for that clarifying question. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> uh, and he moved there in a time that uh, what uh, historians refer to now as uh, the burned over district in the midst of what is known as the second great awakening in the history of American religion. It's a time period where we see an unusual outpouring of Uh, God's spirit, we'll use that term in Christian circles to see that he is accomplishing his purpose. And there seems to be a more uh, religious vigor going across the land. In fact, this phrase burned over district is a phrase that Charles Finney used to refer to the Holy Spirit burning over the land to an extent that there was no one else that needed to be saved. The problem with that is, as this was happening, we also see the growth of a number of other new religious movements at the exact same time. So you can see the growth of things like the Shakers there, the Adventist movement becomes popular, but Joseph Smith was there at that time as well. As the story goes, he was uh, trying to figure out what church he should be a part of, and he had a revelation. And in this revelation, he was told he shouldn't be a part of any of the existing churches. He should start his own church. In fact, he had a vision of an angel Moroni in 1823 to start a new church. He was told about some golden tablets that he was to uh, go dig up and then translate and then publish. And uh, lo and behold, we have a person and people who are following him saying that this is the true way to do Christianity. So why does this new movement resonate with people in a predominantly Christian environment? 
yeah, it's an interesting question because people were already Christian, so why would they be drawn into this new environment? We should note first that at this time anyway, Western New York was kind of the wild, wild west of the United States. We don't really think of New York as the wild, wild west, but uh, when the uh, seaboard areas were settled, even moving just a little bit in westward, it was much more open, certainly much less regulated. And so it was wide open and people were exploring. They were trying to gain their fortunes, but they were also ready to explore different religious traditions. They didn't feel as restrained. And at the same time, Smith was offering a Christianity with a distinctly American focus. See, in the early 19th century, the success of the United States was far from guaranteed. I mean, we really didn't know what was going to happen with it. And Smith comes along and provides a distinctly American religion. His teachings explain things like why there were advanced civilizations in Central America, why there were pyramids and stone calendars. Uh, In fact, it gives an explanation for the origin of the Indians. I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but Mormons actually believe that the Indians are a lost tribe of Israel that traveled from modern-day Israel uh, all the way through the Bering Street and over uh, to current North and South and Central America. So more broadly, they placed the United States in this broader history and showed America as exceptional. That said, we should note that the group originally was very small. In fact, there was pushback. And there was persecution, and that led the group to this great migration from upstate New York uh, through a number of stops until they finally settled in uh, the Great Salt Lake Valley and what then was Mexico and later becomes the state of Utah. So uh, this group, though, they're known for reading the Bible and specifically focusing on Jesus Christ. It, it's in their name for crying out loud, the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, why wouldn't we call them Christian? Yeah, um, we should note first that as we're talking about this, they're going to disagree with us. They will call themselves Christians, and behind closed doors, they will call themselves the only true Christians. Uh, So uh, let's talk about this. How does Christianity as a whole view uh, the LDS church? Well, they don't put them within the bounds of Christianity. And we can look at this from an academic perspective and from a doctrinal perspective. Academically, there's actually disagreement. There are some textbooks that will put uh, this church within Christianity, and there are others that put it into a uh, category known as an alternative Christianity or one of those new religious movements that doesn't fit uh, within the umbrella of Christianity. And one of the reasons for that is because uh, the LDS church is like a number of other movements that says they are the only true authoritative church. And one of the things we've spent time talking about here is uh, that we say that we're pretty confident with our theology, but we still get along with other groups within Protestantism and even Catholicism and Orthodoxy that we still believe that are Christian. We disagree enough to have our own group. This is saying that they are the dominant and the only true church. But for our purposes, let's set aside academics and just talk about doctrine. Where do we disagree? Well, we've been spending this fall talking about the Apostles' Creed, which argues for this Trinitarian theology, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In contrast, the LDS can be best understood as a non-Trinitarian tradition. They see a Godhead composed of God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, but they see it as three separate persons. 
who see a unity of purpose or will. And so they are three distinct beings making one Godhead. And this is in strong contrast to what the church has developed uh, and understood God to be. This conception of the Godhead is very similar to what uh, theologians call social Trinitarianism. And they also believe, the church believes that uh, God the Father and His Son, Jesus, are separate beings of bodies of flesh and bone, while the Holy Ghost lacks such a physical body. In fact, there are statements by LDS church leaders that say that God at the head of the human family is married to a heavenly mother who is a mother of human spirits. So when we're going to the foundational and fundamental doctrines of Christianity, we're going to see that they disagree with them. And if they're pushing away from something as important as a trinity, we're going to push away from them and say that "Mm, this isn't Christian anymore. And besides this, the church also holds what they refer to as an open canon. And so they will read the Bible and they'll tell you very quickly that they read the Bible and love the Bible, but then they're going to add other books. The three books are the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. They want to add all of that to the canon and say they're just as important. And once again, we say there's a lot of good books out there, but we don't add to Scripture. And then there was even altering of the Scriptures. Um, yeah. As well. So there's uh, what you and I refer to as the scriptures are not even a part of what the LDS church would say are the, are the scriptures yeah. that Joseph Smith had to correct the errors that were in there. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. All right, so uh, why are they not called Mormon anymore? Yeah. Uh, and even as I answer this question, I'm realizing I've used this term Mormon to refer to them yeah. and very frequently <laughs> still use that term. Uh, But in September 2018, the president of the LDS Church declared that the term Mormon should no longer be used for the movement. Uh, He was 96 at the time, and he said, it's not Mormon's church, it's not Moses's church, it's Jesus Christ's church. And he actually said that using Mormon equates with a victory for Satan. Uh, He said, the Lord has impressed upon my mind the importance of the name he has revealed for his church, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have worked before us to bring ourselves in harmony with his will. So he says you can refer to it as the church or the church of Jesus Christ or restored church of Jesus Christ. He doesn't even really like the term LDS church. But let's be honest here. It's a marketing stunt. That's what's going on here. By using the name Jesus Christ, they're trying to make themselves out to be more Christian and draw Christians from other group into their fold. And that's why good theology is so important. We need to distinguish between good theology and simply buzzwords that will ultimately lead us astray. Simply using the phrase Jesus doesn't mean that makes you a Christian. And Jesus' warning to us remains prescient. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, or uses the right words is necessarily entering the kingdom of heaven. And so that's the warning that we see when we look at uh, the LDS church. This is such a helpful overview, and this is all we got time for uh, on this one. But man, it brings up uh, desires on my part to pursue <laughs> some other things. But this is our last podcast when it comes to this level of content. We're going to come back and give you one more in which we're going to give some recommendations in regards to uh, some church history. Um, but Dan, thanks, thanks, thanks for, um, for this season. And in particular, since we've got that giant building going up, which is the purpose of us doing this, just giving us a little history here of that. So. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.